Hey, Jabez here from the Library Scoop, the official podcast of the Niles Main District Library. And for our third installment of Niles Best, we have Tom Robb, news reporter from the Journal and Topics newspaper in Niles, to tell us about the art of journalism, how to tell an excellent story, and stay neutral while reporting the news. And we hope you enjoy this podcast. Hi. Hi. Welcome to the podcast. You're actually the first in-person guest since COVID. How does that feel? I'm honored. I'm honored. And that's that's quite something for given all that we went through with COVID. <laughs> Thank you so much for um, for joining us. So let's for the audience listening to this uh, who don't know you uh, besides your work, uh, let's just talk about how did you get started with journalism? Yeah. Um, so it was in it was in college and um, I had been working, I, I, I went back, to, I left school for a little while and then decided to go back. Mm-hmm. And so I was, um, before I went back to school, I was working in some, some clubs in Wicker Park and I was booking bands and, mm-hmm. and doing shows and that. And so the, the connection with music was there. So when I went back to school at Northeastern, I got on the radio station, mm-hmm. um, at first, it was kind of a musical connection, but you know, as uh, at the time the uh, the Iraq War um, was kind of ramping up, mm-hmm. and so and I was surrounded by a lot of folks who were potentially going to go fight that war. So I felt mm-hmm. it was kind of a responsibility having this radio outlet to mm-hmm. use that to talk about it, and you know, um, so that kind of got me on a route to looking at news and mm-hmm. then from doing that well that was in the build-up to the Iraq war when the Iraq war actually started the student newspaper ran a story their big front page story the day we started a war mm-hmm. was that the there was a door that was found open now it was the door to the bursar's office where the money is so it was yes it was a big deal um, but I went into the newspaper office and I went seriously <laughs> we just started a war, and your first story is on an unlocked door. And the editor-in-chief, who's now a dear friend of mine who, who works in Texas um, as a journalist, said, you think you can do better? And I said, yeah. And so then I became the news editor, and then I became later, um, I became the editor-in-chief. And mm-hmm. and that kind of put me on a course. Um, and actually, she graduated. She got a job with the journal um, and was covering Niles, uh, the Journal and Topics newspapers, um, who published the Niles Journal, is mm-hmm. who I work for. Um, so she got a job for the journal, and then a few years later, when I left school, then I, she was going on to grad school mm-hmm. uh, in journalism, and I literally took her desk, her place, and her job, <laughs> and her beats. <laughs> and so that's kind of how it happened. And I, I had also done some some national news as a freelancer for this thing called free speech radio news during that college period. So that's kind of how I got here. Well, excellent. Thank you for um, sharing. Let's talk a little bit more detailed about your career thus far. You So yes, the Iraq war, uh, the second part of it happened 20 years ago. So can you discuss with us between then and now, how has journalism and covering stories has evolved within the past 20 years? It's mostly in the tools that we use. For instance, now I share my stories with my editor in in, um, 
in a shared cloud. Mm-hmm. Um, he he and I can be logged in on the same story at the same time, and I can watch him in real time, edit it, mm-hmm. and all that. And when I started, it was a whole lot more about paper. Right. Um, and yeah, I mean, it wasn't that long ago. We we had email, <laughs> <laughs> but it was um, it was a lot more analog, and it was also social media was also when it's and and thinking back to college mm-hmm. and, and and the college paper. Um, social media was absolutely in its infancy. Mm-hmm. You know? So even at the journal, there was a time when kind of every all the communication went out via press release mm-hmm. and you know, or a phone call from a PR person to me to say, "Hey, there's this story." And now everybody's got Twitter and Facebook and you know, the village, the library, Everybody has it. So right. in, in a way, governments or whoever the, the news producer is, the subject of the story, they can just push their own message out mm-hmm. around us. I mean, mm-hmm. they, you know, and so it at first it was a little annoying, like, why didn't you send that in a press release? But now it's just, it's reality is what it is. So you have to pay attention to all of the different ways that, people get stuff out and you know yeah i mean the pr people here at the library and the villages and the rest of the areas i cover they they still send out emails and they still send out press releases but mm-hmm. there's a, a whole lot more paying attention to the various facebook pages or facebook groups or twitter twitter feeds or even instagram sometimes Mm-hmm. You know, I found out something new about about the village of Niles like three days ago, <laughs> you know, that was kind of I'm writing a story about. Um, mm-hmm. And I I had no idea, but the village posted a, fo- a photo on their Instagram page and mm-hmm. it was like, oh, wait, what's this? And then I made a phone call and yeah, there it is. Part of that, too, is also cutting through the noise mm-hmm. because in a lot of ways, the uh the field has gotten wider as far as, you know, who I'm paying attention to and, and who are sources and the potential subject of a story or has information about a story doesn't need to reach out directly to the news newspaper reporter directly anymore. Mm-hmm. They say or do something on Facebook or Twitter, what have you, and we hear about it and then we track them down and say help me understand this more you know what's <laughs> what's your story what's going on so right. um the the other side of that though is that there's a whole lot more kind of vetting going on because just because somebody puts it on something on facebook doesn't make it true right and by any means and <laughs> it's a starting point it's it's something that gives you a whiff of there could be something going on here mm-hmm. but as often as not it's not and it's just kind of like your job to verify it. Exactly. Yeah. Right. You know, to vet it and verify it and, and see what's true and what's not true. Mm-hmm. Part of that process also, somebody taught me a long time ago, I think I learned it at a journalism conference once, but they said, when you're going after a story, there's a certain order you want to ask questions in. Mm-hmm. So first talk to the people who want to talk to you. Mm-hmm. They want to. They're going to tell you a story. Then talk to the people who don't have a dog in the fight, who don't 
care one way or another about it, but can verify facts and stuff for you. Mm -hmm. And after you have all that information, only then do you talk to the people who don't want to talk to you. <laughs> because if you talk to the people who don't want to talk to you first, they're going to say, nothing to see here. Nope. Just nothing to see here. It's not a story. And if you have no other, other information, you may want to take their word for it. And then once you find all that stuff out anyway, then you have to call them back anyway. So does that always work in order the way it should? No, it right. doesn't. You know, sometimes you talk to the people who don't want to talk to you first. Mm -hmm. But if you can, if it's possible, that's a better way as a kind of guideline. We talked about verification when it comes to like what's going on, going on in the village or, or other uh, townships that you cover. Um, I just want to talk to you about like how or just either discuss with us like the process of you either covering a story or finding stories. It's a really wide range. Most governments have meetings, you mm -hmm. know, and it sounds boring and sometimes it is boring, but mm -hmm. they, they all have meetings and they all have agendas. You know, um, if you're, if you're a government, there's a law that says that if you're going to talk about anything, you have to talk about it in a meeting. You can't just meet at dinner and a majority of the board gets together out of the public view and just makes decisions. You can't No, that's. There's a law called the Illinois Open Meetings Act says you can't do that. Um, <laughs> the other thing that's in the Illinois Open Meetings Act says that you have to put the items that you're going to discuss on an agenda, and that agenda has to be posted publicly uh, 48 hours in advance of a meeting. I get the agendas, and then you can see what's what's on the agenda, what what's going to be discussed. And sometimes you can write a story we call them preview stories before something happens. Um, that's, and, and you know, we don't say this was decided or not. It's just that village trustees were expected to discuss X. Right. They're going to do, they're going to award a contract or they're going to, you know, they're going to make an appointment or they're not going to make an appointment or mm -hmm. whatever the case may be. Um, and so that, that's one of the places that, that's a start. There are other times, you know, we have a radio in our office that listens to uh, police and fire. And like I said, with Facebook, you know, I can't tell you how many times for a vehicle accident, it happened in the middle of the night when I wasn't around the scanner, you know, and, but here was somebody who came upon it and they took a bunch of pictures on their phone and they posted it on Facebook and they said, there was an accident. Now, they didn't give any context to the accident. They didn't have any of the specifics. They just kind of went, here's an accident in this town. <laughs> and so then I'll call the police or the fire, you know, the police traffic sergeant or I'll call the uh, the fire department and, okay, what happened? You right. Know, and um, get the specifics of the time and the date and were there any injuries or, you know. And that's one type of news coverage where something happened Somebody told you whether you got it from social media, whether you got it from a meeting agenda or whatever. There are other stories that are kind of more investigative stories. And, and sometimes these can come from meeting agendas and they can come from any number of places where you just see something that, you know, you, I've been covering Niles since 2008. You're driving down Tui and you see construction fencing around the Leaning Tower. That's something you might want to make a phone call about. 
Mm-hmm. So, you know, calling public works because you see a road half blocked or, you know, construction work, that's a phone call. Mm-hmm. A lot of times you can, again, find out about those ahead of time on an agenda because somebody contracted with somebody to do some pre-planned work. But something like that, why is there a fence around the Leaning Tower? Oh, because there's concrete falling. Mm-hmm. So... Years ago, I found that there was that situation was going on, and um, we were asking about how much it was going to cost to fix, and it was kind of became a subject of, of debate on the village board whether they wanted to fix it at the time. And at one point, I had a, a talk with the village manager in Niles, and I had found a report, an internal village report. Um, they had brought a firm out to to assess the state of the leaning tower and um it had said that repairs were going to cost something like six hundred thousand dollars wow i think i <laughs> it was quite a few years ago so i'm i might be off on that number but i think it was about six hundred dollars six hundred thousand yeah. no worries if, if if i'm wrong well somebody correct me but <laughs> <laughs> they will um so i i said to the village manager i said well, okay, where's the money going to come from to pay for this? Mm-hmm. And he said, well, that's what the TIF is for. Mm. Now, there is a tax increment financing district mm-hmm. around the Leaning Tower. Now, mm-hmm. there wasn't at the time. Oh, wow. And so I said, what TIF? <laughs> <laughs> so that became, um, there was, at the time, there was, a, there was a proposal to have a TIF, mm-hmm. but it was early on. So we got to break the story that the village was thinking about putting a tiff down in that in that area mm-hmm. you're kind of like the middleman <laughs> in a way in um, a way yeah there was one newspaper cover front page that i remember and on one side of the front page there was a story about campaign finance you know mm-hmm. when people run for office they have campaign donations and they have to report that stuff right um and all that so mm-hmm. we had finance disclosures about people running for office and on the other side of the front page it was around easter and so there was a picture from the park district of like kids with the funny fuzzy bunny (laughs) and in community newspapers that has to kind of be the balance if you're Mm -hmm. i i love doing hard-hitting journalism i want awards for it it's it's really important and stuff but at the same time both from a public point of view and from a dealing with the public officials point of view mm-hmm. if the public officials know that every time you call it's only going to be about hard stuff and and investigations and and that kind of thing absolutely they're not going to want to answer the phone as much but <laughs> you know if you might just as soon be calling about something community oriented or, or something that's that's positive versus a hard-hitting investigation then they will answer your phone because they don't know why you're calling. So <laughs> it's a balancing act, there, and it runs in, in kind of fits and starts. I mean, there are times where it feels like for a month or two on end, it's just nothing but you'll have a couple of big overarching stories that, that develop over time. And so mm-hmm. that's another piece of it is some, some people think about the news as just there is the news story. Right. No. There is a series of news stories, series, yeah. and you take what's built on one, and you keep, keep going, going. Keep, as yeah. long as the story is alive. 
Absolutely. You know? And mm-hmm. so there are times that those news stories will, will take you for a couple of months that it just feels like comes at you from, you know. <laughs> and when you have those long-running series of news stories and stuff, then you have no end of people who want to weigh in on it. So mm-hmm. it's it's a whole lot more sources. It's a whole lot more complicated. You're you're digging for for documents, and that's a whole other issue. Is public documents um, when a government does anything, with certain exceptions, all those documents are public. Right, right. They're mm-hmm. paid for by the taxpayers. They're mm-hmm. any of the business that the like we were talking about with with meetings. Same thing with spending money. If mm-hmm. you're spending money you got to have a record of it if you do anything if you're making decisions all that's public there are exceptions to that you know if something's an ongoing investigation or something right um but generally so when you get into these long-running series of stories kinds of things then you start getting into freedom of information act um document orders and and digging through all that mm-hmm. um so again it's a balance it's Sometimes it's hard-hitting news, and sometimes it's cute and fun, and and there's a place for both, and that's important. Our conversation thus far, that's something you are very passionate, and you enjoy what you're doing to discuss local news. Uh, Can you discuss with us, like, why does local news matter, especially during a time like this? Well... Local local news, and and it always kills me about, like, elections. People in elections vote most for president, and then the next biggest voters turnout comes for governor, and the next biggest turnout comes for like when it's a statewide election, but it's not the governor. And then the next, you know, and when you get down to local elections, those are like the lowest turnouts, just uniformly, right? Mm -hmm. And that's kind of exactly opposite for how it affects you on a day, as a person on a day-to-day basis, Mm -hmm. you know? what happens locally affects you far more than what happens nationally you know mm-hmm. we're so used to national news in our face we're like so used to it but then part of our brains it's like turned off and that's like the local side of it this- well I, I think what you're getting at here is you know there are stories that affect a lot of people a little bit mm-hmm. and there are stories that affect a little bit of people a lot how do you stay neutral or on bias towards re, uh, reporting and covering news i'm here to to serve a community and and tell a balanced story about what's happening right so and and people are going to read my stories and they'll take their biases into it and they'll say oh you're being biased and you know part of the other thing about bias that you will see in newspapers is when we choose to put a story on the front page, mm-hmm. we're showing a bias, saying this is this you know this story we put on page one is at this level of importance, and this story we choose to put on page twelve is this level of importance, and this story that we didn't get to in this week's paper, mm. you know. Um, now. We make judgments. The question is, are you telling the whole story and are you putting putting it all out there? But, you know, am I going to make mistakes? Am I going to... Sure I am. Of yeah. course. Yeah. That's life. Yeah. <laughs>
So I've been very fortunate to talk to people um, directly um, who's close to Nows, and you are one of them, um, just discussing the great things, uh, the historical side of the village, and so many other things. Uh, but I want to know your opinion, since you've been covering the village for quite some time, is uh, lately I, I've been doing this initiative of Niles Best, which is uh, just celebrating all things Niles. So I just want to know your opinion, like what makes Niles best, in your opinion? So certainly one of the most um, diverse in terms of stuff like most people who speak a different language inside the home, most people who are, you know, born abroad, mm. most people who are all those different kind of metrics as far as ethnic diversity mm -hmm. and language diversity. And so mm -hmm. the diversity that comes in Niles is amazing. Mm. And 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 there are people who will disagree with me on this, and I don't care. Yeah. But you know that diversity is is a strength and 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 a value and brings a richness that's amazing. I've been reading your work for quite some time. For those who have never seen your work or read your work so far, where can people uh, see it? The company I work for is the Journal and Topics Media Group. Mm -hmm. They used to call themselves the Journal and Topics Newspapers when I first started there, but. <laughs> Oh, the one thing I have to add about my uh, about the company, just because my bosses will <laughs> want me to throw this in there, that uh, we've been doing this for a minute. We're not a quick, fresh startup. That uh, oh, not at all. The paper was founded in nineteen in the nineteen thirties, mm -hmm. and we've been printing ever since. Mm -hmm. and my boss's uh, my boss's parents. And when I say my boss, my editor and publisher was in the sixties. His parents bought the paper in the 1940s when they got back from World War II. Oh, wow. And it's been a family-run operation ever since. Wow. That's my shameless plug for the, for the paper. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so we got, we're not a fresh little startup. We have a little bit of journalistic history there. We published 16 papers um, across the north northwest suburbs. So we're at journal-topics.com. There's a Niles Facebook uh, Niles Journal Facebook page. There's there's a Niles Journal Twitter feed. There's, you know, all those social media outlets. Um, <laughs> we're still in print, so we're we're all out there. And then obviously people can subscribe either to the online online paper or they can uh, get a print subscription. And well, Tom, thank you so much. You've been fantastic. Thank you for sharing your stories and expertise with us. And uh, we hope to continue to read your stories. Yeah. Cool. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks again to Tom for joining us for the episode, and I hope you all enjoyed our conversation and insight. We hope to see you all at the library really soon.